0: Hey, welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message with Pastor Travis Bennett.
1: God of signs, wonders and miracles. So Lord, we worship you for that and we give you praise for it in Jesus name. Everybody said, Amen. look at your neighbor and said, I'm so glad you're in church this morning. <laughs> Get your other neighbor and say you need this word. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask you one more time. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, uh, I'll tell you, I was gone last week, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm happy to be home, amen? I'm happy to be home, and I... Uh, we went over there and suffered for the Lord in Florida, the Sunshine State. I will say that it was, it was a little bit chilly. Me and Pastor Ty teed off to play golf on Wednesday morning. and It was 53 degrees in Florida, and, uh, but it was still Florida. <laughs> so uh, we rested. Y'all, I slept in one morning till 8 o'clock. I hadn't done that in a long time, so uh, I'm feeling refreshed, glad to be here. Uh, I did, though. Do a wedding last night at 7 o'clock in Abilene, Texas and drove home. But I've had three cups of coffee and I'm wound for sound. Are you ready? Y'all ready for the word today? How many of y'all were blessed by the teaching of Pastor, uh, Pastor Daniel last week? Daniel, come on, life challenge, give them a hand. Amen. Well, we've been in this series here dealing with the Blues Brothers. Not the brothers, the Blues Brothers. So uh, Pastor Shannon, he sent me a message last night. says, we are on a mission from God. If you know anything about the, the Blues Brothers, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, how many of y'all know we live in a society today, it doesn't take you very long to see that people are dealing with the Blues? You can always tell when somebody's upset or they've gotten bad news or, they've, uh, or, or whatever because the countenance on their face. You go shopping, you're in restaurants, you see waiters and waitresses that have so much heaviness upon them. And as I was praying about this yesterday, uh, of actually not yesterday, this last week, of, Lord, what's the direction that you want me to go? And I just want to talk to you real simple this morning. It won't take me very long, uh, but I want to talk to you about stress, How many of y'all know people are stressed out today? How many of y'all are stressed out right now? Just go ahead and lift your hand. All right. Very good. And uh, how many of y'all know people that are stressed out? Lift your hands. All right. Well, if you haven't lifted your hand yet, uh, you're probably a liar, and we will talk about that at the end of the service. But how many of y'all know sometimes to, to help you in a situation, you've got to do the opposite? And John, I looked it up. Uh, I wanted to do the opposite of stressed, and so what I did was is I spelled it backwards, and it spells desserts. So in order for you—come on, can I get an amen from y'all? How I many of y'all know—I know Gabe is the donut connoisseur right here, but uh, I, I know in order for to deal with stress in our life, sometimes that's what we go to is desserts. And I want to tell you that that won't always help you in your life. If you have too many of them, you'll be seeing a doctor soon. Like Chris Farley said, I've got— Uh, two bear claws lodged in the artery of my heart, all right, and uh, in fact, I was thinking about it, I love desserts, I have uh, right now, um, Miss Montgomery back there, she made me a buttermilk pie that was literally from heaven, and uh, I have the dish, oh, she's not here, but Daryl is, I'll give it to you, but here's the deal, I'm gonna give the, what it came in, I'm gonna give it back to you, the you have to bring it back, though, filled up with buttermilk pie again. <laughs> uh, but how many of y'all know uh, eating ain't going to help you with stress? Uh, how many of y'all know we live in a world today that's fully under stress? And I believe there's a lot of things that has to do with it. Money has a lot to do with it. Work has a lot to do with it. Family. <laughs> how many of y'all have ever had family stress you out? <laughs> Lift your hand. All right. I still see there's a bunch of liars in the room. You just don't want to raise your hand. But I will lift both feet and both hands in the air and wave them like I just don't care. I promise you. And I, I was thinking about this, just like thinking about money. Have you? I don't know if you've seen in your insurance, 40%, it's gone up on auto insurance. Kids that drive, you ought to kiss the ground your parents walk on because percent that is absolutely crazy how much it's gone up. Taxes right here in Amarillo, Texas. Some people were telling me the other day that they're, they're, um, with their auto insurance and with their house bill, it's gone up $1,500 a month. But can I tell you this? I, and, and money, I mean, I know money is a big stress, stressor in our lives. It can be. But I'll tell you this with all confidence. I am not going to allow money to stress me out. Because I serve Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he ain't running out anytime soon. I will tell you right now that he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. It's in him that I will put my trust. The Bible says for the giver and for the tither that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I believe that the devourer has been rebuked. As long as I keep getting seed, I'm going to put seed in the ground to sow. Are you hearing me this morning? Amen? So if you're stressed out because of money, it may be because of that. But with the added inflation, also too with moral decline and all this goofy stuff that's going on in the world today, all this stuff that's being canceled or what is being accepted and all of that, how many of y'all know it's, it, it, it brings a heaviness? And what we want to hear is this, Pastor, give me the solution to make it all go away. But can I tell you this, that God never promises that? He promises to give us the ability to stand up against it. Are you hearing me this morning? So in order for us to know how to come against stress, I think we ought to go to the dictionary. We ought to go to Webster, and this is what stress is. It's pressure or tension exerted on a material or object. So stress happens when pressure is greater than its capacity. I have an example that I want to show you this morning. I showed you this actually Fall, but this is just a great example. I got my chair here that I take to the lake uh, during the summertime, right here. I looked this morning, I forgot, but uh, it says this is what it says this chair holds a maximum of 125 pounds, so I'm good. Um, (laughs) What's so funny? (laughs) How rude, George. All right. so I, I just want to I want to give you an example of the chair. The, you know, the good thing is, is I am 125 pounds. Four score and 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, and I, I told them in the first service, too, I had a goal to lose 30 pounds uh, in 2023. Uh, the bad news is now I only have 50 50 more pounds to go. So <laughs> 125 pounds, this is what it takes right here. All right. Now, I'm gonna get a little more comfortable. I didn't wanna break it in the first service. So if this breaks, y'all can't laugh at me and point your fingers, all right? Because it's all a part of the message. But come on, I'm looking at the moms out there. I'm looking at the dads out there. I'm looking at the business owners. How many of y'all know this is how life feels? That you are sitting in a seat that is way too small for the things that you've got to get done. I've got places to go. I've got people to see. I've got kids to get here. I've got to make this much money this week. I've got to pay these bills. I've got to do all of these things. And it feels like you're sitting in something that doesn't fit. You know it doesn't fit when you get up and it's still hanging on to you. <laughs> right? How many of y'all know this is way too small? Let me see here. Now I'm trying to break it, see. See, Brandy, if you're watching right now, I don't need to go on a diet. Chair is not breaking, praise the Lord. All right. But listen, how many of y'all know this is what life looks like? Come on, I'm gonna say that again. How many of y'all know this is what life looks like sometimes? It's like I, I, I got a long ways to go and a short time to get there. Don't make me sing the song to you. I know all of y'all know it. You bunch of heathens. Praise the Lord. But here's the deal. The bad news, I want to give you bad news, and I want to give you some good news. Because how many of y'all know whatever we're going through in our life, God gives us an answer through the word of God? Come on, I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know there is an answer in the word of God for whatever you're dealing with in your life? But the bad news is this, is that the pressure is not going, going away. What we have to do as the body of Christ, get in the word of God, and we've got to increase our capacity. So I want to give you some ways to increase your capacity this morning, and I'm going to read to you the words that Jesus said in John 16 and verse 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. He didn't tell you you wouldn't have trouble. How many of y'all know we have trouble today? The news is full of trouble. Things that are going on in schools is full of trouble. What's happening right now at WT, that is trouble. But he says this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Come on, we ought to just celebrate that already this morning, that he's already overcome the world. But I want to give you two examples before I get into the teaching, uh, the meat of this this morning, and some ways to increase the capacity in order for us to deal with stress in our life. And number one, uh, it, the first story that I want to share with you is, you know the story of how God uses Moses and he goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. And Pastor Michelle's the only one who knows this song, okay. And so he says, he says, let my people go. And you know they go through the, all the ten plagues. Thank you for the courtesy laugh, Pastor Michelle. I'm going to preach to her over here. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so, you, you know what happens is they get out and they, they go through... Um, God does a miracle and splits the Red Sea and they go through that. They get onto the other side. Well, they are... How many of y'all know the stress is still not gone? And Jethro, uh, he, he comes to see his dad... And, or comes to see his son-in-law, Moses. And he comes to him and he, they begin to celebrate the, all the things that the Lord has done. And Jethro notices something because the Bible says as they get on the other side that the people begin to come, with him, come to him with all the, their, their disputes with one another. And the Bible says from morning till midnight, morning till midnight, every single day people would line up at the tent of Moses, and through the wisdom that God had given him, he would dispute four million people's affairs. And so Jethro comes to him and he says, Thou saith, Lord, aren't you thankful for godly men in your life and good father-in-laws? I know I am. Of people that come and he spoke wisdom. And this is what he tells him in Exodus 18 and verse 17. It says, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. And I want to tell you by the spirit of God. If you're stressed out this morning, the thing that you're doing is not good. The thing that you're doing is not good. The things that you've put on yourself that you're not supposed to carry. I mean, I know God said, cast all my care on, you, on me for I care you. There's things that you're carrying that God's not called you to carry. There's places that you're going that God's called you not to go. There's things that you're doing that God's called you not to do. And he's saying the thing that you're doing is no good. He says you will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you to bear. You cannot do it alone. So he gives him he gives him instruction on what he's supposed to do. I won't get into that, but he basically tells him, you need to start delegating some things. But then he comes, and then I, I wanted to share this verse with you before I got out of this story right here. In verse 23, he tells him, he says, if you will do this. You know, as I read that, I read it in uh, Amplified. If you will do this thing, and God, and, and God so commands you, if you. Can I tell you, that's every message That I preach at the end of it. I'm going to start saying what Jethro said. It's not what I said. But it's what Jethro said. If you will do this thing. Come on. Before I even get started talking about stress. If you will do this thing. The Bible says in James. We can't be a hero word. We got to be a doer of the word. How many of y'all know that big if is a big word. We say things to our kids. Well if you do it the way that I've asked you to do it. You'll walk in victory. If. He says, if you will do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. How many of y'all want to endure? Well, you've got to do the thing that God's called you to do. And all these people will also go back to their tents in peace. You know, what's the opposite of stress is peace. And he's saying, these people will walk in peace, but you've got to do the thing that God's called you to do. There's another example I want to share with you that's in the New Testament it is Jesus here. And he says in Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, verse 28, he said, come to me. You know, that's one of the biggest problems we're stressed out is we go to all kinds of systems, people, social media. We go to all these different places thinking that peace is going to come. But how many of y'all know peace is going to come from the Prince of Peace? Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And so it says, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened. Listen to this, by religious rituals that provide no peace. And I will give you rest, refreshing to your souls with salvation. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You know, I studied this out. This word in the Greek, the yoke, is different from the one that we would preach from 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The Greek word for that yoke word is one size fits all. If you know what a yoke is, you may not know what a yoke is, but I want to bring it to your attention. It's an agricultural piece of equipment. That was made out of wood, it had leather, it goes around the collar of an ox and had rings on both sides. And there would be reins that would go from the mouthpiece of the ox through those rings back to the guy who was on the plow that would push the ox. What the yoke would do was line up and hook onto the other ox. So if one got squirrely, one kept them accountable. How many of y'all know we need a yoke up to the right people in our life? When we wanna get squirrely, we have people to keep us accountable. We have the Holy Spirit to keep us accountable. But this word yoke, when he uses it, it's not a one size fits all. It's a yoke that is tailor made to fit your life, your circumstances, your personality, your spirit. I thought this was so good because there's so many people that's put a yoke on them that they're not supposed to carry. They put a yoke on them that it may look good, but at the end of the day, it's uncomfortable. How many of y'all have ever been skiing before and you have the wrong boots and you rub a blister? There's people that are rubbing rubbing blisters in their life and they're stressed out from the pain and the hurt because they are carrying something that God has not called you to carry. Are you hearing me? But there is some things, that you you know, it's not good news because you're saying, Lord, I have all this stuff. But he said, I'm going to give you one more thing. I'm going to give you this yoke, but I'm going to carry it with you. Come on, isn't that so good? My yoke is easy. And my burden is light, and so he says, he says, my yoke is uh, put my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know where we're stressed out is in our mind, our will, and our emotions. You notice he doesn't say you'll find rest for your spirit. He said you'll find rest for your soul. Isn't that so good? He said, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So I want to talk to you. I want to give you some examples this morning. Write these down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write them down. And I'm going to give you five things this morning on some principles, some areas in your life that you can increase the capacity to take what God's called you to do. Are you hearing me? Number one is this. If you're going to increase your capacity, and I want to tell you this. I'm not preaching to you this morning. I'm preaching to Travis. I'll tell you, every word that God gives me, it's because he is teaching me. And I, uh, in, in fact, the Lord really opened my eyes to this, and God used other people to really open my eyes to this. But the first one is this. If you're going to increase your capacity, you need to allow your body and your mind to recover. Somebody needs to hear this. Now, millennials, I'm going to be real bold. Some of you out there don't work enough in order to do this. You start working enough, then you can do this. All right? But there's some of you, you burn the candle. Uh, you're like me. You love to burn the candle at both ends. I said in the first service, I said, Netflix and chill does, just doesn't sound fun to me. But somebody sent me a text message. said, Pastor, you need to look up urban, uh, Netflix and chill in the Urban Dictionary. And I did it. It means to have sex. And I'm like, I love Netflix and chill. <laughs> I take back my words. I do say I am corrected. All right. But my whole point was this, that, sa- that absolutely does not excite me whatsoever to sit on the couch and watch TV all day. I mean, I'm a blower and a goer. I'm like a diesel engine. Once I get a little coffee in me and you get me started, I will run all day. I was thinking about how stupid I was when I, when I first was in ministry. Uh, I, would, I led worship here for years. I would get out, I, we'd go have lunch, I would drive to Dumas and I'd shoe six head And then I would drive, Monday uh, that night, I would drive to Dalhart. I would stay the night. I would shoot 10 head. I would drive to Clayton, be there on Tuesday, shoot 12, drive to Las Vegas, New Mexico. I had help with me, but still. I would shoot 14 at this ranch in Las Vegas, but we had to leave at a certain time because I came back to preach to youth on Wednesday nights. Stupid. So dumb. Just wear myself completely out. Have you heard the story of the guy that's chopping down the trees with the axe? Boom, 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 boom. And now it's taken, him, it's taken him ten times the blow on one tree than the guy who has the sharpened axe. And the guy with the sharpened axe looks at him and says, Why don't you take time to sharpen your tools? And he says, I'm too busy cutting down the tree. The problem is he's not cutting down the tree anymore. He's just going in a rotation. How many of y'all know God's called us to take time to sharpen our tools? And the Lord had to bring this to my attention. Had to bring it to my attention. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? Nothing. If you call me, I ain't going to answer. And it took me, I'm telling you. I'm saying this with all vulnerability. It's hard. It's hard for me. But I know. God has something bigger for me. And in order for me to have the capacity to do it, I've got to learn how to rest. It's a long haul. That's right. God used you to help me with that. You know, we, uh, I was looking this up and I actually, I Googled this as driving down the road. I don't encourage y'all to do this, but um, (laughs) the leading cause of depression is how people live their lives. We live it out of balance. Completely out of balance. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 9, it says this, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Six. Six days. Young people, six days. Not five. Not four, but there has to be one day of rest, six in order to have one day of rest. Hebrews chapter four, you might say this, well, pastor, the Sabbath, that's not really a thing anymore. Well, yes, it is. In Hebrews chapter four and verse nine, New Testament says, so there remains. Everybody say remains. Does that mean it still remains? Yes, it does. It says, so there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God, for the one who has once entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own, verse 11, let us therefore make every, everybody say every, yes. every effort to enter the rest, that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same examples of disobedience. Come on, how many of all know we need to take times to rest? Amen. Are you hearing me today? Here's the second one. You need to increase your capacity. Let me explain this. You need to know who you are. You need to know who you are, All right. We live in a world today that is so caught up with appearance. People get into money problems, can I tell you, as your pastor, there's a lot of people even in this room, you get into debt or you are not wise or a good steward of your money Because you're so caught up on what other people think about you. The clothes that you wear, the purse that you carry, the car that you drive, the house that you live in. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want these things for you. Because I'm telling you, God has blessed my life. But not to the place where I'm stupid about it. People live so stressed out because they care way too much about what people think about them. Come on, God's called you to have a confidence that comes through his word. And you don't have to live. I've been reading this book by Duck Dynasty, uh, the guy from Duck Dynasty, uh, Robinson. Uh, What's his name? Phil Robinson. It's called Uncanceled. It's so good. But he says, why are we at a place? I mean, it used to be if I drove a Ford and you drive a Chevy, I just drove my Ford happy and you drove your Chevy happy. But now we live at a time it's like I hate your guts because you drive a Chevy. People care way too much about what other people's lives and what they're doing. Come on, God's called you to live a race for your life, not for somebody else. Are you hearing me this morning? And I'm getting amens, and I'm getting claps, but I'm telling you, there's some of you out there that this is a big problem in your life. You scroll through Facebook, and you will go more in debt to get clothes that you can't afford because so-and-so wears them. It's stupid. Thou saith the Lord, it's dumb. You know, you've got to have a confidence about you of what, what... God's done for you. When you have a confidence, I'm telling you, that's, that's turned on to lots of people. I was, uh, there was a guy that died that we grew up with, and he was, like, so corny. But I, everyone loved him. His name was Jay Purdue, And he died, and I was, listening to the, um, I was listening to the funeral driving to Abilene yesterday, and I was thinking about the confidence uh, that he carried. And I, I, want, I want that kind of confidence. Like, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what, you know, I might be driving a hoopty, but God has blessed me. Amen? Amen. And, and uh, I was thinking about this. In, uh, when we first started the live, and that's, I mean, he had a huge funeral. There's so many people that loved him because he carried this confidence about him. And uh, I was thinking about the live. When we first started doing lives in the morning, this was, actually, this was before 2020. This had been several years been doing them. But uh, the Lord put it on my heart to pray with y'all in the mornings on Facebook Live. Well, the second one I ever did, this is, this is Scout's honor. I turn on the Live, and I'm sitting in my kitchen. Now, this is new to me. I'm usually sitting in my, uh, my kitchen drinking coffee by myself, just praying. I've never invited other people in. So I'm like, when I first turn it on, my hair's sticking straight up. I'm like, well, I got to put a shirt on. I better put a shirt on, you know, and all that different stuff. So then I get everything right. The second one, I think I'm doing good. 36 seconds in, I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? You see it on the video. Hey, how is everybody? And I literally, y'all, I make a face and everything, and I lift up, and I just fart. Just push it out. Just, I mean, you know, it's in my house. I'm in my living room. I will fart in my, I will fart in my kitchen as many times as I want to. You know, I will hold my kids hostage in it. I might even cup it and put it over their donut if I want to because I'm their dad. No, I'm kidding. Okay, that was too far. That was too far. All right. That was too far. But Miss Bonnie, Garrett is Bonnie, is Bonnie here today? Oh, she's listening. Bonnie, she came into the church. We had staff meeting that day. She comes into the church. Listen, she is falling down laughing so hard. I have no clue that I did it. Nobody called me out on the internet or anything like that. I'm just like, hey, how's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I mean, made the face. The whole nine yards farted. And uh, (laughs) she comes in, and she literally, she comes in. She can't even talk, and she finally gets it out. You got to go 36 seconds in. And we see it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then I was like, dude, that's funny. Pastor Brandy's like, you've got to take that off there. You have got, that is crazy. I'm like, they need to know pastors fart. People fart. I mean, you're looking at me like right now, like, I can't believe you're talking about this. Come on, get off your high horse. You fart too. And so does your horse. All right? Maybe I should have, you said, flatulate or pass gas, but you, who cares? We're in Texas. It's farting, all right? <laughs> Come on. But how many y'all know we can't, be so, we can't play out the narrative of what people think about us and what people think we are? See, the chair here, it's successful when it knows it's not the countertop or the fridge. It's successful when it knows it's the chair, and you will be successful in your life when you know who you are in Christ. And who you're supposed to be. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Pay careful attention to your own work. To your own work. Look at this. Look at it. Look at it. Be careful, be, pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own effort. Leads me to my third one is this: You increase your capacity when you know what you're supposed to do, not carry it for other people. Second Peter chapter one and verse 10, it says, "Therefore my brothers and sisters make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Know what you're supposed to do. Know what you're supposed to do. I'm going to take my glasses off here. Gabe, okay, let me see yours. All right. We don't have the same prescription? Hey, yours are, man, I'm going to stretch them out with my fat head. Have you got those? Yes, you do have those deals that when you turn 50, when you look, through down here. Everything's blurry. Now it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not bad. Let me try another pair. Bobby, let me see yours. All right. Okay. I'm ready. You ready? Oh my gosh, I can see into 2024. Oh, listen. Listen. Can I tell you, this is what so many people do. They're looking through the lens of everybody else. And this is how they're walking through life. You can see them. They're bumping into walls. They're saying things that they shouldn't say. They're doing things that they're not supposed to do. Why? Because they're looking through a lens that God called them not to look through. Listen, God gave you a calling. I can't see who this is. Oh, Jeremy. God. (laughs) Take these back before somebody gets a boot in their shin. Uh, can I tell you, that's exactly how people are living. They look through social media and they, gosh, they play this comparison trap, do all of this stuff. Listen, God's called you to live a, run a race for you. And it's not being selfish. It's not being selfish. Your calling, can I tell you this, our calling has competitors. You know what you need to get rid of is the non-essentials. We live in America today, a philosophy of America, if if one is good, two is better. Right? One is good, two is better. One horse is good, but two horses is better. One car is good, two cars is better. One truck is good, two trucks is better. One trailer is good, two trailers is even better. One kid is good, two. Two are better. Amen? Two are better. Uh, you see what I'm saying? I mean, uh, one house is good, two are better, all, all this different stuff. One wife is good, two wives is wrong. <laughs> I catch myself right there. I told the story. The uh, Lord reminded me of this. I uh, shot horses up in the feed yard in Spearman for years. <laughs> And there was a guy that ran the yard there, and he was one of the happiest old men you ever been around. He'd wear overalls, and he had boots that had holes in them. And his appearance—I mean, his teeth were all rotted out from Levi Garrett, and he still had a big one in there with it drooling down the side. And he's just a happy guy, and he would—he would receive cattle, and um, he did all kinds of stuff around the feed yard. Well, he lived in this shack, and when I say shack, it was a shack right across the street. He drove old pickups, and. And knew him for years going in and out of that feed yard chewing horses. And uh, he died. He was 81 years old. He worked up until like a few months before he died. And I mean just the happiest guy. But you wouldn't think he had a dollar to his name. His daughter worked inside of the office there. And when he had died, I went in and I said, my condolences about your father that passed. I said, man, I always loved being around him. He was always such a joy. She said, oh, I never remember a time where he wasn't happy. He said, she said, my mom died 20 years ago, but even in that, he found something to fulfill his life. How many of y'all know, because happiness comes and goes, but joy is something that stays with us. And she said, she got tears in her eyes, and she said, you know what my dad did for me? He left me $1.2 million. Because he knew this, money didn't make him happy. He didn't have to have all that different. He didn't have to have all the new stuff. He was happy regardless. Come on, how many of y'all know when you have a calling of what you're supposed to do? It dry- I'm telling you, it'll drive stress out of you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse six, 6 says this better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Here's the fourth one. Number four is this, if you're going to increase your capacity, you've got to, uh, you will increase it when you are supported by other people. How many of y'all know it's something about the fellowship of God? I believe this, you're getting rid of stress just by being here today, being in the house of God. You're getting rid of stress of surrounding yourself with the assembling of people together. Forsake not the assembling of saints together is what the Bible tells us. And uh, it's something about being in the fellowship and the family of God, the flock. There is strength that comes in numbers. My dad tells this story, and many of you know my dad's twin, Donna Miller, uh, over here. But my, my, uh, my dad and my Aunt Donna, they are, he tells this story about when they were in elementary school, there was this bully, and this bully came up against my dad, and they were about to square off, and uh, my Aunt Donna came in and said, you may can whip him, but you can't whip both of us. And I'm here to tell you to this day, people can probably still whip my dad, but they can't whip my Aunt Donna. (laughs) Ain't that true? (laughs) Oh, She's tougher than a warthog, that is for sure. In fact, you know, the enemy's really been after him this last year, but she is a fighter. I mean, I am not worried about her whatsoever. She's, she's a fighter. But my whole point is this. The enemy might can whip you, but he can't whip an army. Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, that's why we've got to come together. Don't, don't be isolated. I looked this up. The number two Reason for anxiety and stress is isolation. I want to read this to you Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and verse 8 through 12, amplified. It says, There was a certain man without a dependent, having neither a child nor a brother, yet there was no end to all his labor. Indeed, his eyes were not satisfied with riches and, and, and never asked, For whom do I labor and deprive myself of pleasure? This too is vanity. Yes, it is a painful effort and an unhappy task. Two are better than one. Everybody say two are better than one. Amen. Amen. Because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. Verse 10. For if either of them fail, fails, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he fails and does not have another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together. Then they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And though one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. How many of y'all are thankful for the people of God that you serve God with? Come on, give God praise for that this morning. Amen? Here's the fifth one. This is my last point right here, number five. If you're going to increase the capacity for your life, I almost made this number one, but I made it my last one because you, uh, I want to leave you with this because this is so important. You will increase your capacity when God is helping you. You will increase your capacity when God is helping you. I'm going to say that one more time. You will increase your capacity when God is helping you. See, there's so many of us uh, that Jesus, you're like, you know what, the Lord, um, he's, I, I, they like to say the scripture, um, I am the friend of God. I'm going to tell you right now with all confidence. Before he's your friend, he's got to be your Lord. He has to be your Lord. And there's so many people that are stressed out because rather than going to the Lord first thing in the morning, you go to so many other things. On the way to the coffee, you got to look at your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter or your Snapchat or see text messages I would invite you to do this. You want to live a stress-free life? I'm not saying the pressure is going away. I'm helping you with it, though. If you want to increase the capacity for your life, you get up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to get up and say, greater is he that is in me than he, uh, than he that is in the world. You know what? Today, I, I, I have learned to be content in all things, whether well-fed. Yeah or hungry, or clothed, or naked. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you hearing me this morning? That's what we got, that's how you got to live your life. There's so many people you're so worried about. You turn on Fox News first thing in the morning. Shame on you! You turn on CNN, NBC, ABC, whatever it is. You watch the news, come on, come on. Can I tell you the good news, the good news Come on, Amy, y'all thankful for the good news. It's always good. It's always good. He's got to be the prince of peace. You know, the word prince means, uh, that word prince means czar. It's where the uh, Russians get the word uh, czar, and that's where the uh, Romans got the word Caesar. but it means Tsar prince. It means the one who is in charge, Lord, chief, general. Peace means shalom, which is rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, and contentment. And can I tell you this? If you want rest, if you want tranquility, if you want wholeness, if you want completeness, if you want contentment, he's first got to be the prince of your life. The two go hand in hand together. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, In peace and with a tranquil heart. I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety and confident trust. See how the two going together? In peace, and it says, for you, O Lord. Psalm 29, 11, look at this. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. You can't have peace without the Lord. Acts chapter 10 and verse 36, it says, you know the message which he sent To the sons of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. One more, since you don't believe me. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, let us grasp the fact that we we have, we have, we have, come on, we have. We have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed. And I'll say this with all confidence, you can't have the prince unless you live by his prince Most of our stress comes from ignoring the principles of God. In Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three, what is he saying when he sets up a kingdom? It's what this is: is a kingdom that will help you out with your stress altogether if you just realize that the kingdom of God. But he says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God." In all these things, see why are we stressed out? Because these things. I'm gonna say that one more time. You know why people are stressed out because of things. People are stressed out. pastor was telling me the other day that that there was a big rumble in the church because they were talking about the flowers that would go on the stage during Easter time. I said, Pastor, this is easy. Don't have any flowers. Well, people want them. I said, who cares? What's God giving you the vision to do? But people don't have peace because of flowers. No, no, I'm being serious right now. There is things in your life that you got your underwear all messed up. No, I'm being serious. You're all messed up right now. And if you think about it, it is so dumb. It's ridiculous. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. How many of y'all know the things are important to God? They are. The Bible says he gives us the desires of our heart. The desires of our heart. I'm telling you, he cares about the things. But he said, if you want the things to line up, you've got to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Peace comes first when I put God first. Come on, let's stand to our feet. How many of y'all got something out of the word today? Come on, I'm going to say it again. How many of y'all got something out of the word today? Will you turn that up? I want some piano. There's one last thing, there's one last story that I want to share with you. I'm not done. There's one last thing that I want to share, and it's this. I was just amazed at how people were so infatuated when Queen Elizabeth died. People were asking me, like, do you watch it? I'm like, no, she's not my queen. Is that bad? Okay, very good. And if you you tell me it's bad, I still, she wasn't my queen. I'm just saying. Um, But I was just blown away at how people were like, man, there was millions of Americans that were watching this. You know what the Lord dropped inside of my spirit when I was watching this? The reason that people were so infatuated with her life and her legacy is because everyone on the inside of them desires a king or royalty that reigns over them. And every one of us, you know, when a king is in place, we're protected. When a king is in place, we're know we're 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 going to be held in regard. When a king is in place, that means our army is strong. Are you hearing me this morning? And there's a reason that people were watching Queen Elizabeth's life because they they have regard for a king or somebody of royalty. And listen, one of the things that I that I thought about was this was when she died this is interesting all of her processions all of the things that they do when they put royalty in the ground I mean it's like days of this right and she had a crown on her head inside of that casket and flowers and all of these symbols and, and pens and all this different stuff that represented things that she was going to the ground with but one thing before they dropped her into the ground for days she wore the crown but before she went into the ground, they took the crown off her head because where she was going, there's only one who carries a crown. It's only one. It's only one who wears a crown. And somebody needs to hear this this morning. Only one wears a crown. You put a crown on a car. You put a crown on a kid. You put a crown on your looks and your image. You have put a crown on a business. I thank God for the business God's given me, but it can't be the crown. I'm telling you. Some people put the crown on this building in the church. This can't be the crown. He's the crown. Come on, he's the crown. He's the crown. And I'm telling you, so many people are stressed out, but you forgot. You forgot that he's still the provider. You forgot that he's still the healer. You forgot (laughs) that he's still our righteousness. Oh, man, I hope you got this word today. I hope you got this word today. I hope you got this word today. He's got to be the king. He's got to be the king. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're in the room today, I want you to leave here in freedom as well. If you're out there and you say, Pastor, there's a problem in my life and it's sin. It separated me from God. I'm not living my life according to the principles and teachings of the Word of God. The Bible says, or the, the word sin means to miss the mark. That means you're doing everything you can to achieve grace, but it's not coming towards you. You can't, you, you can't do anything to earn it. It's everything that he did for us. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the problem is sin, but the solution was death. And the Bible tells us in John 3 and verse 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So in order for you to live in victory, there had to be a penalty For the payment of sin that you have in your life. And that payment was Jesus Christ, that God sent his son. He died. And the Bible says on the third day he rose again. But the Bible tells us that John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away all the sins of the world. In Romans 10, he says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that he died on the cross, and on the third day rose again, he'd come live inside of our heart. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, I'm away from God. There's sin in my life. And you've now introduced me to this person. His name is Jesus. You may have known Jesus when you were young, but you walked away from him. But today you sense an urgency. As we sang these songs this morning, as the word of God was preached, there's something that's pulling on your heart that says, I need to come back to the land of the living. I need to come back to a place where, where, where I'm close to the Lord. And you feel distant. You feel like a lost sheep that's got away from the flock and the pasture. But there's a shepherd out there that's calling your name saying, come back, come back, come back. And now it's your response that does the solution that involves Jesus coming to play a role. What are you going to do with that? So if you're out there, if I'm talking to you, you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm away from God. If you're out there and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I want to make things right. If that's you, just lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you this morning. You're away from God. Amen, I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Amen, I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Is there anybody else? You say, you know what? I'm away from God, and I need to get things right. Okay, if you lifted your hand, I want everybody to look at me. The Bible says, confess me before men, and I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. If you pray, if if you lifted your hand and say you know what I need help today. I want to pray a prayer with you. This is not to embarrass you, but the Bible tells me confess tells us tells us that angels rejoice. And can I tell you when you come forward this body of Christ will rejoice with you that this is the best decision that you will ever make. So if you lifted your hand, you say, "You know what, pastor? I need to pray that prayer." Please come down to the front right now. I'm going to pray with you this prayer. I'm going to personally pray this with you. Amen. Here comes one. Where's another one? Amen. There's one. Where are you at? Come on. Give God praise. Give God praise. Oh. Uh, What is your name again? Okay. Praise the Lord. What is your name? Stephanie. All right. Amen. Come on down here, honey. Praise the Lord. Stretch your hands out towards ease. Y'all pray this after me. Say, Jesus, I repent. I admit I'm a sinner. I've walked away from you. But today, I believe that you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Come live in my heart, Jesus. Make me new new. from this day forward. forward, I'll serve you you. all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate new life, new life, new life, new life. life. Y'all go with Pastor Michelle here. Go with Pastor Michelle. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's make this bigger. Amen? Amen. Come on, God's called you to walk in joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm telling you, if you keep this small, it's going to be unpleasant. Things are going to break down. Marriages fall apart. All of this because your capacity is not big enough to take it. You know what brings your capacity? What makes it bigger? Rest. What makes it bigger is when you know who you are. What makes it bigger is when you know what you're supposed to do. What makes it bigger is when you surround yourself with a body of people that are there to pick you up when you want to go down. But I'm telling you, the biggest one that does is you've got to make God first. Amen? Amen? Amen.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously.